The Texans' divorce from Deshaun Watson now has them tied into a new lawsuit. Our thoughts on Houston being named by one of the accusers. And Watson's suspension hearing is later today. How will that affect the Texans' future? Stick around for more on Locked on Texans. You are Locked on Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to a Tuesday edition of the Locked On Texans podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm John Hickman, joined by Cody Davis. And for today's episode, a little bit of a serious tone, but these are matters that we have to discuss in terms of the Houston Texans now being named by one of Deshaun Watson's four accusers that have not settled as basically enablers of Deshaun Watson. That lawsuit was filed on Monday in Harris County. The lawsuit filed on Monday alleges that the Houston Texans were aware of Watson's alleged behavior during massage therapy sessions, and the individuals within the Texans organization knew or should have known of Watson's conduct. The Texans released a statement on Monday saying that we are aware of the lawsuit filed against us today. Since March 2021, we have fully supported and complied with law enforcement and various investigations. We will continue to take the necessary steps to address the allegations against our organization. And I also want to add this tidbit. Uh, this was something from Mike Melster. I was reading these claims. I did a bunch of reading in articles and on Twitter today, back and forth. Uh, but this was one that I thought this was very interesting. There is an allegation in this lawsuit that at least two genuine touch therapists had sexual relations with multiple Texans players. The Texans knew of this activity and at least of one of genuine touch therapists was fired due to sexual activity with Texans players that is also alleged guys this story is only going to get crazier and of course whenever it gets crazier we're going to get crazier with it and bring you the information but cody i want to say this and i please please guys in the comments uh wherever you're watching or listening cody as well we're going to talk about it the houston texans should 100 be investigated as a whole in terms of whether or not they played a part in sexual misconduct by Deshaun Watson. And I'll tell you why. For guys that are traitors, if you if you go out there, if, you, if you're a traitor, if you uh, manage or whatever the case is, if you're over a lot and there's a lot of money invested, Deshaun Watson was invested into the moment that they traded a lot of picks away to move up for him in 2017 to draft him as their quarterback. And then just 18 months ago, almost two years now, when they gave him that contract extension. This franchise was heavily invested in a superstar quarterback that the city has been yearning for for 20 years. That's a fact. And this is also the same league that knows everything about their players. You guys remember that one report, I think it was Sports Illustrated, that Jack Easterby had his own private investigators following people? 
This is nothing new in the NFL. So I, I believe that there was a lot of knowledge. And remember, again, I think, Cody, you're going to bring this point up as well. What was it like Black February when everybody was getting fired up out the paint? All right? You cannot investigate. Well, you can because he's a part of the organization. But this is all pre-Casario era. But before Casario got here, the year Jack Easterby got here, which a lot of people, I believe, owe him an apology, I think he was mm-hmm. a man of valor trying to clean up a lot of the mess. Hey, since Deshaun Watson, we've learned about some of the issues that D-Hop had here, some of the issues that other players and people in this organization had in this in this franchise. And Deshaun Watson was the golden child. So I am comfortable with saying, hey, let's get an investment, investigative team. Let's investigate this entire organization. Let's find out what they know. Allegedly, players, this is a, a thing for them. And remember the conversation we had not too long ago, Cody, when we discussed why the HPD sex trafficking ring got involved. And I said, hey, this is it's serious. There's a reason why they are involved. So this isn't a Deshaun Watson and Friends type of deal. Now, with this lawsuit naming the Houston Texans as, again, quote-unquote, alleged enablers, this is a Houston Texan problem, and Deshaun Watson only employs a handful of people. The Texans, on the other hand, they got a whole payroll team to make sure people are getting paid on time. It is very fair to investigate this franchise for any part that they played in not only Deshaun Watson's sexual misconduct, alleged charges, but everything else they may have going on at the at, off of 16 and Kirby. Outside of Cal McNair getting investigated, he's like the only one that I will actually say makes sense for this organization to be investigated. Because, John, you actually alluded to it. <laughs> Black February. February of 2021, we saw this organization depart from so many people, i.e. the entire equipment staff who all were very close friends and had very close-knit relationships with Deshaun Watson. And why is that important? Prior to that, matter of fact, prior to March 16th when the first lawsuit was filed against Deshaun Watson, that whole entire time, everybody, reporters, um, fans, even us here on Locked On Texans, we was trying to understand why in the hell Are the Texans departing from so many people within this organization who had close ties to Deshaun when we all thought at that time the number one top priority was to mend the relationship with Deshaun so you won't lose that quarterback that you dreamed of over the last 20 years? John, I never believed the conspiracy that this organization set Deshaun up. I never believed it. But what I will say is this organization, it's it's hard for me to believe that this organization did not know what was going on. And what I mean by that is, and th- now I'm I, now I'm starting to get a sense of how 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 much other teams and other players are going to get involved in this now. Again, because because very important because if you, when you so if you go through a full investigation of things that happened prior to the current date, you have to investigate anybody that was around. Exactly. Some of those people are now with other franchises, exactly. one of which is in the division. So that that and that's what I was about to go it's in because I'm like when you go back and you and you read and you take a look at 
all of the all of the dates when all of the nonsense off field happened and took place, all of it comes during the time where it it, it was pre Nicosario the the pre Nicosario era, and just look at the mass exit that has taken place from what March of twenty twenty I want to say that started with D Hop. Not saying D Hop is a part of this, but I'm saying when you go back, you take a look at the terrible exit that has taken place within this organization. It doesn't matter if it was anybody on staff, players, coaching staff. Like there was just this mass exit going on off of 610 and Kirby to now it's like, if they do a full investigation, a lot of these people like Nick Casario, Lovey Smith, Pep Hamilton, hell, Davis Mills, like these people were not involved. <laughs> it was not a part of this organization when it took place. Right. So it if you bring in the Houston Texans and now you got to start taking a look at ex-staff members, ex-players. John, this could possibly go down as one of the biggest what the hell was going on in NFL history. And the, the sad part about all of this is, and, and I hate to say this, but the one guy that we all thought was the reason why this organization was falling apart might have been the guy in Jack Easterby in hindsight might have been the guy that was trying to save face to this organization. Not saying that he doesn't have dirt on his hands because we heard some things that he did. We like, man, what the hell? But it, this is just a mess, John. Like it's, I, I, let me and it's just going to get even worse. I'll say this: we talk about dirt on their hands. If we're being fair and completely honest, Cal McNair is. You know, I, there's no way that he has no involvement in this, and. You know, I forgot the saying, but it's kind of like when you turn a blind eye to something that you need to be courageous on, you are also a part of the wrongdoing that's going on to that person or whatever. So, yeah, now you may have Arizona Cardinals players getting interviewed. You know, this it, <laughs> it, it could this could stretch out for a very long time for everybody retro of Nick Casario. Before we move on, talking about the suspension, I do want to add this. In this lawsuit that is now being filed against the Houston Texans as alleged enablers, the lawsuit claims that in June 2020, the owner of Genuine Touch complained to the Texans that Watson was seeking out, <clears throat> excuse me, seeking out unqualified strangers for massages via Instagram, putting himself in danger of getting COVID or getting sued. The lawsuit also claims that the Houston Texans knew or should have known that Watson was seeking out a eyebrow lifting number of random different women massage therapists from Instagram. There's no way that Texas did not know what was going on. We're going to talk about this suspension and how this will also affect the future of this franchise. Before we do, our friends at betonline.net is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information. Find all of the latest sports developments, the league reviews and news, including this year's NHL playoffs and some Major League Baseball. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite sports and events, including MMA and some good boxing. Boy, we got some good boxing fights coming up. So head to the website today or use your mobile mobile device, excuse me, to learn more about the trends and actions happening at BetOnline.net because BetOnline, that's where the game starts. 
Welcome back, everybody, to this Tuesday edition of the Locked On Texan Podcast. And I understand that you guys may want to talk about something <laughs> that's a little bit funner. However, you can look at this as, a you know, it's always something positive when you talk about the suspension with Deshaun Watson that is happening later today on Tuesday. The NFL will be in the NFLPA. They will lay out their cases in front of one another, in front of the league disciplinary uh, officer, Miss Sue Robinson. And from there, they'll figure out how they want to do everything. And a couple of facts that you guys should know that Miss Robinson, under the old collective bargaining agreement, Roger Goodell was the one who had the power to appoint suspensions or not. Now, under this new CBA, it is now Miss Robinson. Also, if the league chooses to suspend Deshaun Watson, uh, they will have a time time frame to appeal. However, um, if Robinson rules that Deshaun Watson didn't violate the CBA at all, then the case is essentially over from a league standpoint, and the QB, Deshaun Watson, will not get punished. Also, some timelines for you guys. Right now, they are trying to get this taken care of between June 29th and July 4th. That way, it'll be taken care of and handled before training camp. And so, as of right now, and the Browns do report to training camp July 26th. As of right now, they are working actively to go ahead and get this taken care of before July kind of really kicks off. So, each franchise, more so the Browns, can maneuver away into their future and get prepared for the season. Yeah, and look, you could look at this from a lot of different ways. First and foremost, I know a lot of people have been talking down on the NFL by saying they're taking too long with this punishment, but I do want to point this out. Um, this is still a case where it's still a whole bunch of he say, she say, they say. And in terms of the NFL, when you look back at how they handle previous suspensions and previous punishment, this is a league that has been criticized of acting too fast, the facts come out and then the the person that was punished is like, man, that was very unfair. Or this is a lead that waited entirely too long. And it's like, why are you guys not doing anything? In the case of Deshaun Watson, once again, this is still a classic case of he say, she say, they say. I like the fact that this is a lead that actually took their time to see what they're going to do with Deshaun Watson. Because, John, had they come out when the trade was made and say, okay, Deshaun, this is your punishment set out, given how much, given how bad this situation has gotten since the trade. The amount of information that's came out. Yeah, like you said, the amount of then. information and stuff, I, I don't think a, a, a early punishment would have due justice to whether or not Deshaun Watson is 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 in a in a situation for a punishment or not, or whatever the case might be. However, I do want to mention this. The Houston Texans own the Cleveland Browns first round draft pick in 2023 and 2024. Last weekend, it was reported that the league and Deshaun Watson's camp, they are preparing for a year suspension. Of course, he's going to try to appeal it, but this seems like an a, a, a opportunity to where they're going to suspend Deshaun Watson for not just a year. They say indefinitely, which is something that I actually talked about the last time we talked about the Deshaun Watson situation. I say an, an indefinite suspension is fair because more stuff is going to come out. If it helps Deshaun Watson, hell, shorten his suspension, get him back on the field. But 
If it doesn't help, and as of right now, the more information that comes out doesn't help this young man, sit him down for beyond a year, whatever the case might be. But let's just say the more realistic approach that's probably going to happen, they're going to suspend him for a, for a year. Houston Texans own the Cleveland Browns, 2023 first-round draft pick. Yeah, whoop-de-doo, whatever the case might be. But, John, if Deshaun Watson, if Deshaun Watson misses, not one, but two years off of his prom, when he comes back next year in 2023, I do not see a situation where he's still going to be playing as one of arguably the top quarterback in this league because I, I just don't see it. And I understand that we have seen players, you know, in the past, you know, they got in trouble doing their prom. They they went away for a year or two. You know, I, the main the main the main player that I could think of right now is Michael Vick. He was in jail for about two years, came back, and he was still you know he wasn't like Atlanta Michael Vick, but he was still pretty damn good. But it still took some time. I say all that just to say a lot of people are rooting for a 2023 first round draft pick for the Cleveland Browns, but don't sleep on this 2024. Could also be a yeah, absolutely. Like, <laughs> absolutely. That draft pick is going to be just as beneficial as well. Let me say this, though. I don't think the NFL should suspend him more than 10 games. That's, I if, think, I that's think, if the situation doesn't well, get no, any me, worse. But even if it does get worse, Dante Stallworth uh, struck a man while driving drunk, and that, and that person died. He was able to come back after, I think, a year ban. Uh, Plaxico Burrez actually was violated a New York law when he shot himself, was charged, and then he also missed some time. But these are guys that were actually charged. As of right now, there are no charges against Deshaun, like that that he's been charged with. He has he hasn't been charged with anything. So, in fairness, NFL, who I think is trying to make an example out of Deshaun Watson in this situation, which I understand, but this example that they're trying to make out of Deshaun Watson and also trying to match that example with a, an extreme punishment is unfair considering the justice system, which you and I, you know, we can disagree with how they went about it in the proceedings, didn't charge him criminally. So the NFL has had charged criminals actually come back to the NFL after a year after for me personally if it is one year i can see that being understandable and justifiable but considering what we have right now with the he say she say now there's a new lawsuit then there were settlements but you still have four that is holding on and out of that four one of those four is now suing the texans but there's no charge that has been brought upon deshaun watson now, i don't think more than 10 games is uh justifiable in my eyes, in my opinion, he should definitely miss games. Um, and in fairness, Deshaun Watson maybe shouldn't play football at all this year to get his mental clarity correct and, and everything that comes with being an NFL player. But if we're mm. going based off of the justice system and what you've done before NFL, hey, if a man that took a life is still playing the NFL, um, I think that Deshaun Watson has a valid point by saying what have I actually been charged and proving that I did criminally? The answer is, based off the justice system, nothing right now.
Thanks for making Locked On Texans your first listen today. Now make your second listen to Locked On NFL Podcast. Our national NFL experts and insiders keep fans dialed in with the biggest stories and the latest news from around the league because an offseason doesn't equal a break in the action. Welcome back. Before we get out of here today, I know it's kind of one of those down days where we didn't get the opportunity to talk about the Houston Texans. Don't fret. We will talk about the Houston Texans on tomorrow's show. We're going to talk about players that have one year left under their contract that may make the team after this season that the Houston Texans should possibly move on from. And we may dive into some training camp casualties as well. Before we bring it back around, though, Le'Veon Bell and Adrian Peterson are setting up a boxing match. And I know that has nothing to do with the Houston Texans, I just thought I should mention <laughs> that two former great running backs are not deciding to find other avenues. They're going to box each mm. other uh, at Crypto.com Arena as well in L.A. Old Staperson. <laughs> you know, John, I do want to lift up the, the mood here before closing out this Tuesday installment. And, but by saying – I really do believe that the city of Houston might have arguably the best set of general managers <laughs> in sports because on Thursday, the Houston Rockets came away with a very good draft class. And it seemed like Raphael Stone actually copied Nick Casario and made sure all of his draft picks came from the SEC. With that being said, John, I, I do want to mention this. I do want to give kudos to both Nick Casario and Raphael Stone, you're looking at two general managers who came in, in into very bad situations. All of their top players, Hall of Fame players, wanted out, and they traded their players, and it seemed like they traded them at the best time. We all know what's going on with the Houston Texans, and we see the foolishness that's going on in Brooklyn, and just remember, the Houston Rockets own like half of the Brooklyn Nets draft picks and the ones that they don't own, they actually have an opportunity to flip first round draft picks. So, and that's all the way up until 2026. I just wanted to say all that, man, because I do want to give a shout out to the good work both Raphael Stone and Nick Casario are doing. Like I mentioned, both of these guys came into bad, bad situations. We didn't know what the hell they was going to do. And regardless how you feel, the way they have so far restructured, restructured this, both of these organizations, it seems like the, the city of Houston is going to be that city where you're going to have both the Astros, the Rockies, and the Texans popping at the same time. And I love that. Shout out to the Astros, man. They had a uh, every time of, you think they' about to go away, they come back again. Yeah, man. But F the Yankees, by the way. Uh, <laughs> but I, I would like to bring it back to your point. In with Nick Casario walking man. into this situation, that as we know now, uh, <laughs> this franchise is going to be investigated because because of a lawsuit. You know, at, at at first, we didn't understand what he was doing. He did make some mistakes, but overall, I think his mistakes were him trying to do something at the time where just something was needed. Look at the Anthony Miller trade, the Shaq Lawson trade, some of the, uh, like the Kevin Pierre-Lewis signing, things like that where you <laughs> scratch your head Lewis. and you're, you're thinking to yourself, well, why this player? Why would you move on? There's so much that Casario in the first six months had to go through. This was not a situation that was peachy cream. Uh, if it was, like, it's, it's, it's very few 
your GM can walk into a situation that the GM before you was like Ozzy Newsom. He's walking out and everything is already laid out. Like before you walk into what I just did, I've already built two championships here. I built this defense by drafting. I just drafted Lamar Jackson. We were able to come together and put a system around. He He's going to win MVP. Like it's rare a GM can walk into a situation like that. And we don't talk about enough how good of a job of Nick Casero being level-headed, staying patient. Mm-hmm. There's no way we now, knowing what we know now, and with all of the more information that's coming out about this story with Deshaun Watson, we look at Nick Casario and say, your patience didn't pay off because it did. Mm-hmm. And that was just moving on from Deshaun Watson. Yeah, we maybe wanted more back, and I was a, I was on the roll of the side of getting more back. But overall, the trade was won the moment he was gone. And now more things are starting to come out. And for the Houston Texans as an organization, you don't have to deal with that with the player side of it anymore. So shout out to Raphael Stone. I think this is a big year for Stone and Silas. That combination. As a Rocket fan, I'm curious to see whether or not Jabari Smith is going to be a three or a four. And if Houston will commit to bringing in a big man at the five uh, to be a defensive anchor this season. Guys, I can talk about the Rockets all day, trust me. <laughs> but for Nick Casario, again, man, kudos a thousand times because you did a very good job of trying to build something in the midst of disaster. Thank you guys for checking out today's episode. I'm John Hickman. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans. Like us on Facebook. And also, as always, subscribe to the Locked On Texans YouTube page on YouTube, Locked On Texans. Like and comment. Please like and comment on today's show. I think we should hear from you guys. <laughs> and as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. And by the way, since we're talking Astros and Rockets, please be sure to check out our brothers over at Locked On Astros and Locked On Rockets for more on that story. But until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.